This weekend at Kohl's, take an extra 15% off. Save on men's and women's denim. Get Under Armour shoes for the family, $59.99 and under. And pick up a Power XL air fryer, just $84.99. Plus, take an extra $10 off your back-to-school purchase of $50 or more. Plus, store drive up. And get a little more for your wallet with Kohl's Cash. Shop Kohl's and Kohl's.com. Select styles, 15% off with promo code Notebook and August 16th. Under Armour offers and coupons do not apply. 10 off 50 with promo code BTS10 and August 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or Kohl's.com for details. Welcome to The Porch. I'm Richard Grund. This is where we get back to basics, examining the Word of God, especially the Book of Acts Church. And in doing so, we find how the early church served the Lord. We dig deeper into Scripture. We don't water it down. We don't compromise. And we are restoring the priesthood of the believer and the world-shaking influence the early church had. We believe that the church age is still in effect. The day of Pentecost is ongoing. The fire still falls. The Porch is an outreach of Solomon's Porch, Inc. Go to onsolomonsporch.org, or you can go to Firefall Talk Radio to contact us if you'd like to support us. There are ways to do that. You can go to the bottom of the page, or you can write us. We appreciate your support. We hope that if we are blessing you, you'd be willing to bless us and help us in doing what we do and preaching the gospel waking up the remnant, and doing the harvest work that the Lord asked for us. So welcome to all the listeners. The main place for Firefall Talk Radio is on Spreaker.com. Get the Spreaker app for your smartphone. We're on Facebook and Twitter. Uh, We're no longer going to be posting anything new on Blog Talk Radio. So welcome to anybody that transferred over. Also to our Apple Podcast listeners and Spotify. This past weekend, if you are subscribed, you would have known that there was a new episode posted about the Halloween, about Halloween and the paranormal. I had uh, Joe Citrone come back on to help me do it. You should listen to it. Um, The C-Conference video, I apologize. Session two is still not completed. If you haven't gotten session one and you were either there or you are a supporter Please go to firefalltalkradio.com and let me know that, and I'll make sure that you get the link. Halloween is tomorrow night. If you don't believe it has any dangers, then uh, you haven't been listening to me for all these years. Listen to the show we did on Overwatch about Halloween and the paranormal. and There are other shows that we did on Reflections in the Dark every year on Halloween to expose its dangers and the darkness involved. It's not a... um, Innocent holiday, by the way. Speaking of uh, hellfire, well, I didn't really speak about it exactly, but California's on fire again. The California wildfires from northern California to southern California. Almost 100,000 acres are burning. 26 million people affected, of course, animals too. And millions are without power. So please, please keep them in your prayers. Pray for the... um, firefighters and the rescue people pray for God to give favor to everybody whose homes are in danger their animals a lot of people with ranches and and things like that it's just horrible to watch the videos of them trying to get out ahead of the fire so you know what I praise the Lord I praise the Lord that we have the ability to pray I praise him for my home my wife my family sons daughter-in-law's grandson our furry kids and all of our possessions Praise him for salvation, because without that, I wouldn't have any of the things I just mentioned. I praise him for his love, his mercy, which is new every morning, for letting me work this ministry for him and to work in the family business. Praise him for his protection. I praise him for the dreams and the visions and everything that's going on right now as we live in these end times. 
I praise him for his healing virtues, which I believe is still available to us. I just praise him because I can praise him. Um, no rock's going to out-praise me. Because I am a new creation. I am bought with the price. And I am amazed that he did that for me. I am amazed every day, and I am thankful. Praise him for America. Yes, there are a lot of things wrong, but the fact that we can do this without fear of reprisal or recriminations, we can praise him. We can get together here online. We can get together when we when we meet up. So don't take that for granted. Don't, don't look at that and think, well, this is business as usual. No, it's not, because there are brothers and sisters around the world that don't have that, that are being arrested in China because they don't have the state-issued Bible. Praise him for his return. I believe he is getting ready to come back. I believe the signs are there. So I'm praying and praising for his favor and revelation for us to do what we need to do in these times. My prayers are for the Middle East, for Israel, the peace of Jerusalem, which means the Prince of Peace has to return. There will be no peace in Jerusalem until that happens. I pray for the fatherless, the widows, the innocents, the victims of injustice, which includes babies in and out of the womb, which includes his creation, the creatures, it includes one another, our brothers and sisters which are being slaughtered and persecuted for their faith. The ugliness of the world can overwhelm you, so that's when I turn my eyes up and I set them on him. I pray for the victims of sex trafficking, human trafficking, all the things that are going on, all the horrible, horrible things that the enemy is allowed to do because people in power are working with them. Pray for divine wholeness, health, and healing in all of us to get back to our divine design. It is very difficult to serve him if you're sick or you're weak or you're tired. So let's get healed. Let's get right and get ready to do the job. So I'm praying for healing in each and every one of you that are sick right now, that are hurting, that are injured. Praying for your protection. That's Psalm 91 covering. If you don't know what that is, go and read my book. For the inspiration. Folks, we need to get inspired. It's one thing to know what to do. It's the other thing to get the inspiration, the infilling, the infire of the Holy Spirit to get the job done. For the remnant to wake up, rise up, and answer the call to action. For those who are called to bless, to be a blessing. We have an opportunity right now. I meant to fit this in. We have an opportunity right now to finish the deep darkness. Um, Finally figured out how to get it done with all the delays and with all the changes, with being frozen out and told not to come back to Atchison. And it's going to take a little bit of money to do that. So just pray for favor that God's going to lead the right person to bless us with that money. We can get this job done. We can get the movie out there. We can start witnessing to people and opening the doors for SRT and for Firefall. And if you've been blessed, be a blessing. Be a blessing. Don't hoard it. Don't hold on to it. Make sure that whoever you're giving your money to is doing God's work. Uh, pray for Pastor Shelley. Keep him in your prayers for healing and protection. Uh, as, as always, pray for me and my family and SRT and their family uh, for divine favor. We have a legal matter in our family right now. We'd like for it to be settled and done with and that we can move on and prosper. Um for health and all the other things, for lost family members, and just, you know, for him providing for us, we need you. This is, I'm really off the off the, the notes now. Because of what we do with SRT, because of what I do here, and, and all the things I speak and I teach, we're under attack all the time. And sometimes it just gets a little weary and we need some aerial support. Larry and I were talking about that today. So if you would like to commit, I'm not going to send you a list and do all that. Just do it on your own. Make sure in the morning and at night and sometime throughout the day that you're praying a covering over me and the members of SRT and all of our families. So, Father, we come to you now in the name of Yeshua, the name above all names. We thank you. We praise you. We worship you. We glorify you. We thank you for the cross. We thank you for the blood. We thank you for the empty tomb. We thank you for the fire of the upper room. We just thank you that we are set free, names written in the Lamb's Book of Life, that we have been translated out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of your Son, Father. We belong to you, and as such, we hope and pray 
that you would be as good as your word to us, that you would fulfill your promises to us so that we can go and do what needs to be done. Clear our minds right now. Open our hearts. Bless and protect the technology. Let the word go forth. Let somebody who needs to hear this, may not even know about it, stumble upon it. Let somebody send them a link. Lord, I'm praying right now that through the wind of the Spirit and through the wind of technology, you begin to spread the porch out there to others so that we can wake people up and do what you've asked us to do. And I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. These lessons are proprietary information, except where noted the information comes from outside sources. The combination of that information, the matter presented, is exclusive, cannot be repeated or used without permission. The date of this broadcast serves as the registered date of the following information. But understand this, that in the last days will come, will set in perilous times of great stress and trouble, hard to deal with and hard to bear. For people will be lovers of self and utterly self-centered, lovers of money and aroused by greedy desire for wealth, an inordinate greedy desire for wealth. They'll be proud and arrogant, contemptuous and boasters. They'll be abusive, blasphemous, scoffing, disobedient to parents, ungrateful, unholy, and profane. They will be without natural human affection, callous and inhuman, relentless, admitting of no truce or appeasement. They will be slanderers, false accusers, troublemakers, intemperate and loose in morals and conduct, uncontrolled and fierce, haters of good. They'll be treacherous betrayers, rash and inflated with self-conceit. They'll be lovers of sensual pleasures and vain amusements more than, rather than, lovers of God. For although they'll hold to a form of piety, a a form of religion, they deny and reject and are strangers to the power of it. Their conduct belies the genuineness of their profession. Avoid all such people, turn away from them. For among them are those who worm their way into homes and captivate silly and weak-natured and spiritually dwarfed women, loaded down with the burden of their sins, easily swayed and led away by various evil desires and seductive impulses. These weak women will listen to anybody who will teach them. <coughs> Excuse me. They are forever inquiring and getting information, but never able to arrive at a recognition and knowledge of the truth. Now, just as Jonas and Jambres were hostile to and resisted Moses, so these men are also hostile to and oppose the truth. They have depraved and distorted minds and are reprobate and counterfeit and to be rejected as far as the faith is concerned. But they will not get very far, for their rash folly will become obvious to everybody as it was that of those the magicians mentioned. You know, when you look at Second Timothy 3, 1 through 9, I read you the Amplified Version. What you see, and you should have had your Bibles open following, me, following along with me, is that he's talking to the church. He's talking to believers. He's not talking to or about the world. Oh, yeah, he is in certain aspects. And when I was reading all those things about... Uh, blasphemous and, and contemptuous and arrogant. and uncut- I, you, I could have been talking about politics. I could have been talking about Hollywood. But he's speaking to the church. And those weak women he mentioned, uh, I know some women have a problem with it, but I understand what he's talking about because I've met them when I was in traditional church and when we had our home church. But it's everybody. It's not just women. There's certain people that are caught up in their own selfishness and their own desires. They are misled. They are seduced and seducing. 
And all of this comes down to one thing. We are living in perilous times, and that's what this Bible study is called. They'll not get far. He talks about at the end the, the magicians, and we'll cover that. But he's talking about teachers, false teachers, who have a form of godliness but deny the power thereof. The the attacks against anyone who believes in the gifts, anyone who believes in rapture, has spread throughout the church that there is a schism. I've seen some ugliness, so much so I've begun to block people on social media. I'm not going to get through to them. I'm not going to change their minds, and I really don't want to participate in their nonsense, some of which is blasphemous. I don't have time for it. There are people that need to be saved, healed, and delivered. But the fact is that's where we are right now because we are in the last days. We know when he was warning about. We know that these are the times. Why? How do I I know that? I've said this before, and I'm going to keep saying it until you understand it. The day of Pentecost began the last days. Acts 2, verse 14. Peter, standing up with the eleven, raised his voice and said to them, Men of Judea and to all who dwell in Jerusalem, Let this be known to you and heed my words. For these are not drunk as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day, 9 a.m., but this is what was spoken by the prophet Joel. It shall come to pass in the last days, says God, that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your young men shall see visions. Your old men shall dream dreams. And on my men servants and on my maid servants, I will pour out my spirit in those days. And they shall prophesy. In those days are these days. The day of Pentecost began the fulfillment of Joel 2. Perilous times. Difficult times. Distressing times, hard to bear, painful, grievous. He says they will come, not might come or could come, but will come. And they are happening right now. You can't turn on the TV. You can't turn on social media. You can't get on the Internet. You can't check the news. You can't go anywhere without seeing depravity, without seeing ugliness, without seeing what people are doing to one another. To to the, the the butchering of babies in the womb and selling body parts to what they do to animals and and it just people say well you you get more information now and so you see more no I've been tracking this for a while and I've been tracking this with SRT since two thousand seven and the show since uh, the podcast since two thousand ten it's uglier it's darker it's more satanic but it's happening. And it started out slowly, but like cement, starts out very slow and wet. It gets harder and quicker. It's a slow, deliberate process. It's hard to deal with. It's hard to bear. It's hard to live in these times. But we have to. We must persevere until the Lord returns for his bride. And none of this is optional. Even as I speak right now, it's happening. And this outward form of godliness and denying its power, since I got saved in October of 88 and got into uh, working at Christian Heritage in 1990 and then in ministry not too long after that, it's been a constant theme. It's been a constant thing. I was talking to Pastor Shelley recently, and we talked about this, how the church is unprepared for what's coming. You can't get them to listen about the gifts. You can't get listen, get them to listen about what the enemy's doing. They're all caught up in grace and bless me and, and name it and claim it and, oh, none of that's going to happen to me. I'm good. Well, really? How's that working out for you? Oh, God's fighting my battles. I don't have to do a thing. I challenge anybody to show me anywhere in the New Testament where it says that. After the cross... After the empty tomb, after the upper room, after the dispensation of the Holy Spirit, all authority in heaven and earth was given to us, and we were told to resist. We were told to push back. We were told to take back. We were told to take a stand. Nowhere since then has anyone said, 
Oh, don't, you don't have to worry about it. You don't have to do anything. God will fight your battles for you. No, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. The weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God for pulling down strongholds. Who's pulling down those strongholds? We are. Who's helping us? Jesus, Yeshua, through the Holy Spirit. But we're the army. We're the occupying army. But there are people out there that want you to believe no need for that. Those are the ones that have a form of godliness, but no outward appearance or reverence for God. Let me say something here, and I'm off my notes too. Tomorrow night's Halloween. I hope none of you are celebrating it. I hope none of you are trick-or-treating. I hope none of you are wearing costumes and jack-o'-lanterns and black cats and doing all the things that people do. It's not an innocent holiday. It's about death and it's darkness. Look it up. And if you have reverence for the Lord, if you love the Lord, then you can't be rooting for the other side because that's what Halloween is. You're rooting for the other side. We can't deny its power. It's what he died for. He died to save us, but he died to empower us. He died to destroy the work of the devil. So we don't need any more religious activity. We need a living relationship with the living God through his son, Jesus of Nazareth, King of kings and Lord of lords. And the time has come in these perilous times for us to wake up. Stop compromising. Stop being mamby-pamby. Oh, I don't want to offend you with what I say. I can be a little harsh. I can be a little brash. But if you feel someone stepping on your feet, you better check. It might be a nail-pierced foot. We get caught up in religion, we get caught up in ritual, we get caught up in denominations, we get caught up in the gangs, we get caught up in all this other stuff, and yet we don't do the job. And that kind of religion provokes God to anger. Look, Go to Isaiah 1, look at that whole section 10 through 18 where he says, I'm sick and tired of your sacrifices. I'm sick and tired of your feasts and your, your, your new moons and the incense. I don't want any more of it. Why? Because it was compromised. It was tongue-in-cheek. It wasn't with commission, committed heart and soul and spirit. He doesn't want ritual. He wants a relationship. And what you do is done out of love and commitment to him. But look what he says to the Pharisees and the scribes in Matthew 23, starting with verse 25. I'm sorry, I'm a little jacked up right now. I'm revving so high, I'm like two pages ahead of me and I'm on page 3. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees and hypocrites, for you cleanse the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of extortion and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and the outside of them may be clean also. Woe to you, scribes and Pharisees, hypocrites, for you are like whitewashed tombs, which indeed appear beautiful outwardly, but inside are full of dead men's bones and all uncleanness. Even so, you also outwardly appear righteous to men, but inside you are full of hypocrisy and lawlessness. Let's stop venerating men and women. Let's stop putting people up on pedestals. Unless you can be nailed to a cross, bleed every drop of blood, die and rise on the third day from the grave, you're not all that. I saw a meme today, not only are you not all that, you're not all there. And that's what I say to these people that have their names on their ministries and they're superstars and they, they get paid all this money just to show up and give a speech when they've done nothing. They haven't been out in the field in years if they ever were. They teach on spiritual warfare and they it's all in their head. It's like a military leader that went to West Point but has never been in a real battle in a real war with shells going off around them and, and people falling. Then you have these two guys, Jonas and Jambres, the Jambres, the sorcerers. Well, guess what, folks? We've had them in the church for years. Men and even women. Charismatic witchcraft and manipulation. But their folly becomes plain for everyone to see. And you know how? Because they get confronted and exposed by the power of the living God. You know why a lot of churches don't want the Holy Spirit? You know why they don't want the gifts? You know why they don't want people like me and especially people like Pastor Shelley to come in and preach? Because things get exposed. Shelley told me the other day, because I said to him, I said, you should be a teacher of teachers. You should be going in and be invited in to teach the pastors and the teachers. You should be taken to these conferences 
And he said he reached out to some people he knew in ministry for years. And they all said, we'd love to do that, Bob, but we can't. First of all, you'd make us look bad. And second of all, you'd expose things that are hidden out there. And just shake my head at that answer. Has he done that? Yeah. I wish I could get him to come on and tell you the stories of preaching in a pulpit and then start, start calling out the sins of the leadership, people standing at the altar. But that's what the power of a living God does, and that's why the traditional church doesn't want it. But I don't care, because my job isn't for the traditional church. I'm not trying to reach the traditional church. I'm trying to get out into the world and expose the enemy and set the captives free. I'm trying to be a vessel of the power of God. Ephesians 5.11, have no fellowship with the unfruitful deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. Well, that's a motto for SRT. It's a personal motto. It's what we do. We expose things. And that word folly, it's a Greek word. It means stupidity. It's an implication of madness. When it's manifest, it's made completely evident. One of the things I've prayed for years, I mean, like decades but I've asked you to pray for it, and I pray for it a lot, that every hidden thing be revealed. <coughs> Excuse me. We're seeing that happen. We're seeing it happen in every part of life right now. And it's gotten ugly. But you know what I say? I call it all, all out into the light. So to understand who these sorcerers were, let's go back quickly to Exodus 7, starting verse 8. And the Lord spoke to Moses and Aaron, saying, When Pharaoh speaks to you, saying, Show a miracle for yourselves, then you shall say to Aaron, Take your rod and cast it before Pharaoh, and let it become a serpent. So Moses and Aaron went in to Pharaoh, and they did so, just as the Lord commanded. And Aaron cast his rod down before Pharaoh and before his servants, and became a serpent. But Pharaoh also called for the wise men and the sorcerers, so the magicians of Egypt, they also did in like manner with their enchantments. For every man threw down his rod, and they became serpents. But Aaron's rod swallowed up their rods. A rod is a symbol of authority. And Aaron's rod, the rod of God, swallowed it up. Now these two men, Jonas and Jammers, they don't appear in the Old Testament, but rabbinic tradition identifies them just as Paul does there as being Egyptian magicians who sought to duplicate for Pharaoh the miracles performed by Moses. The Jewish Encyclopedia takes it a little further. These are the names of two legendary wizards of Pharaoh who withstood Moses with their enchantments, though they were defeated. And according to rabbinical tradition, they were the two chiefs of all the magicians at the court of Pharaoh who foretold the birth of Moses the destroyer of the land of Egypt. And that caused the cruel edicts of Pharaoh to punish the Jews. According to the Midrash, they were also amongst the mixed multitude that went with Israel from Egypt and inspired the golden calf. And that would kind of make sense. The Dead Sea Scrolls, the Damascus document describes the two as brothers raised up by Belial, the evil one. Eusebius of Caesarea, wow, I am so jacked up right now I can't talk, described them as sacred scribes of Egypt. doesn't matter who they are, it doesn't matter who they were, we know one thing. The power of the enemy has no comparison and no hope against the power of the living God. They were defeated. Their enchantments were defeated. Didn't matter what they did. They tried to replicate the the plagues. They can only imitate. They can't replicate the real miracles. And they were not prepared for when the rod of correction from God that was in Aaron's hands rebuked them. You know, I understand grace, and I understand being gentle, and I, I can do that. But there comes a time when dealing with the enemy, 
when dealing with false teachers and those that rip off the flock, that take advantage of the sheep, that leave them at harm. There's, there's times for the rod of correction and rebuke. But let's not, let's not fool ourselves. These men had some power. They were able to fool all of Egypt, even Pharaoh himself. Now, they were not able to get, stand up against God, but they had power. And we know that that's coming. We know we've seen some of it right now. There's stuff going on out there that are lying signs and wonders, Second Thessalonians 2. Starting verse 9. The coming of the lawless one is according to the working of who? Satan, the adversary, with all power, signs, and lying wonders, and with all right, unrighteous deception among those who perish because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe the lie, that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. We can apply that to the world, but we can all apply that, apply that to the church. Counterfeit miracles, counterfeit signs and wonders, things that are happening in, in sanctuaries and meetings that don't line up with the word. And God's allowing it to happen because people don't know enough of the word. We have two extremes. We have people that accept everything and then people that deny anything supernatural, which is really interesting because that's what the scribes did. The, the Sadducees, they denied anything supernatural. They were all caught up in the law and the written the, the writings, whereas the Pharisees did accept some of those things, but they wanted to control it too. And here comes Yeshua, who's got it all. And neither side wanted it. In order to be a genuine work of the Father, it must proclaim the truth, the truth of the gospel, the truth of who he is, the truth of who his son is, and it must further the kingdom of God and no other kingdom, not a human kingdom, not a brand, not a man, not a woman. But the signs and wonders are there, what, to confirm the word. Signs and wonders follow the word. And when you go back to Exodus 4 and you see how this began, when Moses says, suppose they will not believe me or listen to my voice, suppose they say the Lord has not appeared to you, what he's basically saying is, I need some validation here because they're not going to believe me. So the Lord said to him, what is that in your hand? He said, a rod. And God said, cast it on the ground. So he cast it on the ground, and it became a serpent, and Moses fled from it. I'm, I'm sorry, I get it. If I have this stick, I throw it down, it becomes a serpent, obviously a very large serpent. I'm going the other way. Then the Lord said to Moses, reach out your hand and take it by the tail. And he reached out his hand and caught it, and it became a rod in his hand that they may believe that the Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob has appeared to you. Well, the children of the Middle East, the children of Israel, the Egyptians, they, they, they understood snake charmers. We saw them in the court of Pharaoh. But snake charmers grab the reptile by the neck so that they won't get bitten. Grabbing it by the tail took trust also takes power. And the serpent was probably a cobra. That was the common one that represented power. And from my understanding of the demonic, demonic and what the Lord has showed me, it was a king cobra. Folks, we have snakes in society today. We have people that when you look at them, you wait for their eyes to blink and to look like reptiles. I've actually seen that happen. We need some people who have the strength and the power and the righteousness and the faith to grab the snake by the tail. Because the power of death and the power of sin and death has been swallowed up. So when this corruptible has put on incorruption and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, Death is swallowed up in victory. O oh, death, where is your sting? O oh, Hades, where is your victory? Isaiah, that was 1 Corinthians 15, 54, and 55. Isaiah 25, 8, he shall, 
he will swallow up death forever. And the Lord God will wipe away tears from all faces. And the rebuke of his people he will take away from all the earth, for the Lord has spoken. These perilous times require us, A, to know the word, B, to be spirit-filled, filled with both the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit. They require us to be in right relationship with the Lord. I'm sorry, you cannot be used by the Lord. You cannot be on the front lines of any war. You can't be in any army if you're compromised, if you have a foot in two worlds. Choose this day whom you will serve. Because the victory has been won on Calvary, but we have been called as an occupying army to subject the enemy until the Lord returns. And unfortunately, the church has failed miserably in that task. But thankfully, there are shepherds and there are sheepdogs of the great shepherd that are willing to do the job, that are willing to go out there into the deep darkness and expose the enemy and set the captives free and heal the sick and cast out demons. But these lying wonders and liars who have these wonders, they're out there in great numbers. So we have the perilous times that are coming. We have the coming of the lawless one according to the working of Satan. Thankfully, he's talking about the Antichrist, and that hasn't happened yet. But I don't know that that man is not out there waiting to be filled, waiting to step into power. I have some ideas of who it might be, but I'm not going to go there right now. But I do know that his word is yea and amen, and it's true, and is about to happen. The signs are all there. Everything going on in the Middle East, everything going on here in America, everything going on around the world indicates that we are ripe for a false peace and a false prince of peace to come forward. But I'll say this. Don't get discouraged by what you see. Don't get discouraged by the counterfeit signs and the wonders because they have no lasting effect. In this confrontation, when it was over, the two sorcerers, the two magicians, had nothing to show for it. So Pharaoh, unhappy, wants to know whose authority Moses is acting under. And this is what he said. Thus says the Lord God of Israel, let my people go, that they may hold a feast to me in the wilderness, tabernacles. And Pharaoh said, Who is the Lord that I should obey his voice to let Israel go? I do not know the Lord, nor will I let Israel go. That phrase, do not know, means I don't care about. I don't recognize him as Lord. We have politicians. We have preachers and teachers who are speaking a different gospel and talking about a different Jesus. We have media Hollywood celebrities and why we even care about what they have to say, I don't know. But in America, we seem to value their opinion. We have a lot of people that don't know the Lord that talk a lot about him. They say a lot of things about him. They don't know the word. They don't understand the word. They've never opened the word. It's time for us, the remnant to be prepared, to be sanctified. No wrinkles, which takes heat and steam. You got some wrinkles in your life, you need to get into the fire. I'm sorry, I'm, I'm in a mindset tonight to call it as it is. You want a miracle, but you won't spend the time in prayer. You want to hear from God, but you won't turn off the TV or the smartphone or the smart device long enough to do it. You want the gifts, or you want the fruit, or you want to learn Hebrew. And again, there's nothing magical or mystical about speaking Hebrew. And there are people that will tell you that, oh, that's where the power comes from. And I've asked them, show me where it says that in the word. Paul, if anybody was going to say that, Paul would have done it. Does he? No. The only language I want to speak in is, is a heavenly language. Would I like to be able to understand Hebrew? Yes, but I don't, I don't have time for that right now. 
the time will come where the Spirit will just give me that ability. When when we have the new Jerusalem, I'll understand it. I'll be able to speak it. Stop wasting time on things that have no eternal value. Stop wasting time on people that are keeping you from your eternal value. You can pray for people. You can intercede for people. But there comes a point where you have to let them go and let God do the rest. So here we are. Perilous times. Lawless times. Sinful times. And a time of grace. A time where he's offering grace. Because we have to understand in compassion and patience that if our gospel is veiled, is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Messiah, who is the image of God, should shine on them. They're blinded. They've been made blind. They have scales on their eyes, however you want to see it. The smoke and mirrors, they can't see the truth. You are empowered with the wind of the Spirit to blow away the deception and bring the light of the Lord into the situation. That means you may have to set aside some things that you don't like. We can't just knee-jerk reject people. Larry and I were talking about that today. We were talking about this recent conversion of the singer and rapper Kanye West and his new album, Jesus is King. And I listened to it. I'm, I'm not into rap music, so I just listened to the word. And I went from song to song. And what I saw was a man new in his conversion who needs good discipling. I don't know if he knows about the gifts of the Spirit. I know he has a pastor who led him to the Lord that's working with him, traveling with him. I don't know how that stands, but sometimes money becomes a seduction in that factor. But most Christians are having a knee-jerk reaction. My reaction is, Lord, get me to him. Maybe the documentary will do that. Open the doors, let me speak to him. You know why I think that? For many reasons I won't go into here, but I remember when I got saved. Having come out of the occult, having walked out on my family, having done things that traditional church people found offensive, and for the most part, I was thoroughly rejected by the church. Pastor Shelley, my wife, my brother, brother brother-in-law, sister-in-law, and a handful of people accepted me, and even some of them were critical of me after I got saved. But for the most part, I was thoroughly rejected. I had people get in my face when I would go visit before I got saved and tell me, you're going to hell. And they would rip me up one side and down the other for what I did to my family. All that did was feed the demons inside of me. And when they got done talking, I tore them apart. I knew more twisted scripture than they knew correct scripture. And when I got done, they walked away beat up verbally. And you know what? In all the years and all the things that were said about me, even after I got saved and and got filled with the Spirit and became active in the church, people wanted Shelley to shut me up, sit me down, or kick me out. Thankfully, he didn't do any of those things. I've only had one person, one church elder that came to me and repented and told me what he said about me and then said, I see now how wrong I was that God had a plan for you. Only one. And I knew who all the others were filtered back to me. Folks, we can't do that. Luckily, Shelley didn't allow it, and I had a strong enough personality to feed off of it and keep going. Other people get broken. They walk away. Sorry. So let's shine the light. Let's do what we were called to do. Let's put aside the fear. Let's put aside all the things that are weighing us down. (coughs) 
let's bring it all out into the light. Let's all pray for those that are lost, for those that are confused, for those that are deceived. We don't need to get caught up in their foolishness. We don't need to fellowship in their foolishness, but we need to love them. We need to pray for them and pray them back into right relationship. Pray them into being born again. Pray them into being delivered. But the word has got to be in you. The light of the Lord has got to be in you. The love of the Lord has got to be in you. The power of the Holy Spirit has got to be in you. And if you are running a scam on other believers, and what I mean by that is you're telling them that you believe, you're telling them that you do X, Y, Z, but the truth is you do none of those things. Just because I don't say anything doesn't mean I'm fooled. Just because no one's called you out on it doesn't mean the Lord doesn't know. Right now, this is the day. This is the time to let go of all that. This is the time to say, Lord, what would you have me do? What is my calling? What is it you want from me? This is the time to go before him and say, Lord, show me the areas of my life that I have not lived up to your word or I've not done what you've asked me to do. The other thing, you must be born again. I'm just talking to you now. My notes really don't matter at the moment. I'm just speaking to you. Because he says, John eight twelve. I am the light of the world. He who follows me shall not walk in darkness, but have the light of life. Are you following him? Or are you still wandering in the back in a little bit of the shadows? To get out of the darkness, we have to follow him. we got to get close to the light. And the closer you get to him, the more you realize how far off the mark you are. But the one thing I know is the closer to the light is the safest place to be. And the powers of darkness don't want to be there. They don't want to be exposed. And their foolishness is evident for everyone to see when you do that. For you were once darkness. But now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of the light, for the fruit of the Spirit is in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. Finding out what is acceptable to the Lord. And have no fellowship, no fellowship, no friendship, no going along with the unfruitful deeds, the works of darkness, the compromised world, but rather expose them. And how do you expose them? Not by pointing the finger, but by being him, by being the light of the Lord, by knowing the word, showing his love. Conviction comes through compassion. For it is shameful to even speak of the things which are done by them in secret. But all things that are exposed are made manifest by the light. If the light of the Lord hit every sanctuary and every fellowship in every building and every home across the United States right now. If the light of the Lord just enveloped them, the glory of the Lord and the spirit of truth came upon them, what an army we would have. People get free of the foolishness, they get free of the religion, get free of all the false teachings and all the bondages and all the soul ties. And they'd be willing to step out into the darkness and shine. And do this, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. For our salvation, his coming, his return, is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent, the day is at hand. Therefore, let us cast off the works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Night is when the devil works, darkness is when he works, but light changes all that. When the sun comes up, the S-O-N, when he rises, the kingdom of darkness is over. So let's put on the armor of light. Let's accept the calling. 
This is a critical hour. And I see people so caught up in politics and so caught up in elections and so caught up in this and so caught up in that. And I wonder, where, where, where are they when we ask for prayer? Where are they when we ask for help to go do what we want to do to set the captives free? Oh, I can't, brother. I just gave all my money to this politician and to this election. I can't help you. Okay. I don't, I don't see that anywhere in the Bible, but that's okay. That's between you and God. But it's high time for us to wake up. Have you ever seen somebody so sleepy they can't wake up, they fight it, and then they just give in to it? No. The church has got to wake up. We've got to rouse to reality because the final deliverance is nearer to us now than it's ever been before. The night is almost over. The day is almost here. So let's fling it away. Let's just get rid of all this works and deeds of darkness and put on the full armor of light, the full armor of God. Let's get ready because there's going to be a battle between night and day. There's going to be a battle between darkness and light. By the way, that battle's already going on. And the resistance that got in between the armies of the Nazis and the Italians and the Japan... The resistance fighters, the guys that came out of the hill, the farmers that picked up weapons, the weapons were the ones that slowed the Nazis down long enough for the allies to get into the battle. Well, there are no allies coming. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is coming with the saints and the angels. And we are the resistance. We are the ones doing the job. We are the ones slowing the enemy down. Pray for us that do it out there in the field, and I pray that you join us in prayer because you've been justified by his blood. You've been marked by his blood. You may look at your life. You may look at your body. You may look at all these natural things and say, well, I don't feel like it. I don't feel like a warrior. I don't feel redeemed. I don't feel powerful. I promise you, if you'd put aside all the distractions and you would pray and get into his presence, You'd begin to praise and worship him with the power of the Holy Spirit flowing through you. You would think otherwise. Because right now, this is Satan's world. It is. He's the God of this world. He's in control of all the systems. Oh, we can say, you know, the nation that is the Lord's and blah, blah, blah. But come on. How many babies did we kill today? How much perversion is going on behind the doors of people in power? How much is the enemy being fed and how much is the kingdom of God being fed? This is his time. But the Lord's time is coming. And he could return at any moment. Philippians 4, 5, let your gentleness be known to all men. The Lord is at hand. James 5, 8, you also be patient. Establish your hearts for the coming of the Lord is at hand. 1 Peter 4, 7. But the end of all things is at hand. Therefore be serious and watchful in your prayers. The day of salvation. The day. The day of the Lord. (coughs) What a war it is to get this out. We've talked about the falling away. We've talked about the apostasy. It's in full effect. The defection from the truth, the revolt from from righteousness, it's in full effect. The spiritual adultery, the violation of our marriage covenant with the Lord, oh my goodness. But some of us have not compromised. Some of us have not given in. Because we believe We believe that we should shine. We believe that we should live in these perilous times, these dark, dangerous times, as beacons. As beacons for others to find in the darkness. As beacons as a rallying point for others. See, that's what Larry and I pray for SRT. That we can go and we can travel. We can go to places and light fires and create beacons. Beacons to help people find their way and beacons to rally the soldiers that are in their homes on their knees praying, saying, Lord, use me, but I don't know what to do and I don't know how to do it. We'll teach you. Psalm 
So can we live and conduct ourselves honorably and open in the light, not in revelry or carousing, a drunkenness or immorality, a debauchery, sensuality, licentiousness, not in quarreling or jealousy, but can we clothe ourselves with Messiah and make no provisions for the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, the pride of life? Can we stop thinking about our physical needs and care about our spiritual needs? Putting on Messiah, clothing yourself with Messiah, means you have his attributes, you have his heart, you have his mind, you have his spirit, You truth and righteousness and peace, the gifts and the fruit of the Spirit manifested, the, the, the love of the Lord in your heart for the lost and the dying. Father, I just come to you now. I, I, I've just got to stop. I've, I just got to come to you now. Say we love you. We need you. We have to have you. We have to have you. We have to have this. Not caring about the times, not caring about the danger, not caring about all these things that we're told to care about and to set our eyes and our hearts on you. The enemy is doing what the enemy does. Now we must rise up and do what you've called us to do. So I'm asking you, Holy Spirit, reach into everyone that's listening. And just gently touch those areas that need to be healed. Those areas that need to be corrected, fine-tuned, or tweaked. Touch that person that doesn't believe that they can and show them that they can. Help them find their calling and then commission them once they have it. So different to be called and to be commissioned. And Lord, there's a remnant out there. There's a remnant. We pray for them. We pray that they'd wake up and that they'd rise up and that they'd they'd hear the call. They'd hear the call to shine the lights. They'd hear the call to light the beacons, to light the fires, to rally. I pray for them. We pray for them. I pray for my brothers and sisters out there that are struggling right now that have a foot in each world, and, they, and they're and they just struggling with getting on the side where you are. They think you don't know them. They think you don't love them. They think you don't hear their prayers. They know that you're there, but they just don't believe that you're going to hear them or do what they need. I'm asking you to send a miracle. I'm asking you to send them a sign. To show them right now in their heart that you love them and that you're there for them. But like the prodigal son, they've got to find their way home. They've got to realize that where you are is so much better than where they are. And we pray for our lost loved ones, our cousins and uncles and brothers and sisters and maybe even husbands and wives and we pray that they would come to a life-saving knowledge of the truth. Right now, as you offer up their names to the Lord, I come into agreement with you. We touch and we agree for every name that's being thought of and mentioned out loud. To be called into the kingdom, to be saved, to be born again. Names written in the Lamb's book of life. And we thank you for it, Lord. We're going we're gonna to press on. We're going to rise up. We're going to do what you've called us to do. We're going to get through these perilous times. And we're going to watch the sky. And we're waiting, Lord. We're waiting on you as we do what you've called us to do. I just pray all these things in Yeshua's name. Amen. Before we go to the final prayer, here's what I need you to do. I need you to let me know what your need is. You need a Bible? You need a prayer? Whatever. We don't have to pray it out. In public, I've had a lot of people tell me they don't want to air their stuff out. Whatever you need, let us know. Let's come together. Let's come into agreement. Let's come into unity. And I just thank you for that in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you. 
May the Lord make his face to shine upon you, be gracious unto you. May the Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace, give you shalom. I am Richard Grun. This has been The Porch on Firefall Talk Radio. Advancements in the medical field are giving nurses faster, more effective results than ever before. They should expect the same from their education, too. Capella University's game-changing FlexPath format allows you to set your own deadlines and leverage your experience to move faster through your program. So the faster you move, the more money you save. When you're ready, we'll be here. Visit capella.edu for a trial course at no cost to you. Capella University. Don't just learn, learn smarter. You can go from I should start a podcast to actually starting a podcast with Spreaker. Spreaker's tools allow you to record, manage, distribute, and monetize any podcast idea, whether it's about your business or even your cat. And as your podcast grows, Spreaker helps you manage your success and even monetize it. That means all you need to get started is a microphone and a really good idea. Learn more and get 30% off at Spreaker.com slash get started. That's S-P-R-E-A-K-E-R dot com slash get started.